This is so, oh my goodness, I'm loving this season with that. Just the, the way that it all fits together. I think the, you talk about coming out on the other side, I think even better than, than where, we, where we left off back in March, to have the opportunity to uh, gather together as a family to get a kid's perspective, right? I mean, that's, that's awesome. Before we get started, I have heard from uh, quite a few of you just over the last few months, I don't know if you noticed, things have been a little bit different around here. Have anybody, has anybody noticed that things are like slightly different than, than what they were before? Um, but I've gotten so many kind notes from people saying thank you to the team who helped pull off the home experiences, right? The, the, the work that was done to make those videos, to, to do all that. Well, if you look up in the sound booth this morning, there are three of the most precious human beings on planet Earth. And um, I'd like to introduce you so we can say thank you to the team behind the home experience videos up there as they're now... Um, They rocked it, didn't they? It was a beautiful, it was beautiful to be able to stay, together, stay connected in that way and um, just became a fun uh, family thing. It wasn't fun while we were on that learning curve, uh, but once we got past the learning curve, uh, we kind of found our groove and then uh, Alaska started to open up again. So here we are. And yet, and yet they're still on the, on the tech. But thank you, ladies. It's, um, it is, it's nice just to be able to see those little faces up there. So if you see me, I'm not just looking at the camera for the tent and the online. I'm like, hey, my children, you guys are doing great. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Well, we are continuing this morning in the Jesus series, or Jesus stories series, which is really us taking a look at the stories that Jesus told um, that helped people understand these, these, big, these big concepts, the, the, way that, uh, the way that people needed to understand them, right? We've been saying that, that Jesus loves people, and he knows that people love stories, and so he, he taught primarily in stories, or often he taught in stories. Actually, he would, he would use two tools uh, specifically to help people understand um, maybe what their next step was, what the, what the next piece of something was, or to help them understand a big, a big piece of the story. He used questions, right? And sometimes like simple but very, very purposeful kinds of questions like um, that, that would kind of crack open the, 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 the reality behind maybe what the person was asking of him in the first place or what that scenario was. And then the other thing he used was stories, saying let me help you understand the way the pieces fit together by and maybe like we separate ourselves from it and we can talk about somebody else and what that story looked like in their lives, right? It's easier to talk about other people sometimes than it is to talk about our own stuff. And so Jesus would do this thing where he's like, well, let's, let's talk about that idea, but, but let's talk about it in, in terms of a story. Let me tell you what this might actually look like. The, the story that we're looking at this morning is really two stories woven together, and it has both of those elements. It's got, it's got big questions. It's got one big, simple, but, but significant question, and then it's got a story. And in both cases, it's, a, it's kind of a, a lean-in, lean-out moment where it's like Jesus is asking a big question which means that there's something I'm going to have to like really lean into, or maybe I'm going to say, I'm not sure I want to go there. And so there's the, the lean out, right? It's like, what are we going to do? There's a decision to make. There's a choice to be made. And Jesus starts Luke, in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 46. He's, he's just been walking through, if you kind of like trace the story in the book of Luke, as he's recording the story of the founding of this movement that we're a part of, the story of Jesus Christ, that, that, that he starts with talking about the, the, the call that Jesus placed on those first disciples. And then Jesus begins to teach them what, what it looks like to be a disciple. He starts to lay out, it's, it's kind of like, it's this or it's this. And there's all these decisions about the way you're going to operate that you have to make. And then he gets to the, the middle part of uh, of Luke chapter 6 as, as the story is recorded and Jesus turns and he, and he looks at those who were listening, those who were leaning in at this point, curious to hear what he had to say. And he asks them a question, 
right? And it's one of those questions that on its surface is fairly simple, right? It's not a complicated question, but, but man, the implications are deep, right? The, the, the significance of the question. He says this, why, right? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Right? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Jesus is looking them in the eyes, and we've just been talking about the, the way that this life is supposed to play out. And then he asks a question. He says, how is it that you could not even just hear my voice speaking, but, but even acknowledge me as Lord, right? To, to, see that, to say that I have some sort of authority, and yet, yet you, can, you can hear me, and you can acknowledge my lordship, and then still not obey, right? Still not do what I'm asking you to do. And I don't think in this moment that, that Jesus was, was criticizing necessarily these, these, uh, these people who were gathered around him. I don't think it was this, this critical kind of gotcha question from Jesus. I think it was diagnostic. I think he was really trying to help them figure out what the next step looked like in their discipleship journey, all wrapped up in this kind of offer to help them move forward. Because you start to break that question down, you start to ask the question, well, is it, is it an issue of hearing? Can you just not hear me speak, right? As, as Jesus is talking, is it, is, it an, is it a hearing issue or is it an obedience issue, right? Is it a response to what you're hearing? And so then we have to wrestle with the question ourselves, right? It's one of those questions that it would be great if that question would have just like stayed in history. 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked some other people this question and it doesn't have anything to do with our lives. But it echoes, doesn't it? We look at this and we hear this question and, and we hear it and it starts to apply to our lives. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what's our response, right? What's our default response when, when Jesus invites us to, to respond in obedience, when, when God speaks to us, when the creator of the universe focuses attention on us and asks us to take some sort of step forward, what do we do? Right, do we come up with excuses? Do we, do we come up with some sort of way to, to delay things? Do we just simply ignore what's being said to us? Right? What's our default? Maybe for some of us, we, we get it right more often than we get it wrong, but the, the, the question still remains. And I think as I have wrestled with this passage, this, this question for me in my, in my own study, in my own journey with this, with this particular story, has, another big question has emerged, and it was, it's this, is what if changing one thing, right? what if changing one Thing changed everything, right? What if we could, we could know that, that if we would make one specific change in our lives, if it, instead of saying there's all the things that are laid in front of me and all the things I know I've got to do better and all the things that, that if I could just get it right, that, that life would start to make sense. But what if we changed just one thing and that one change changed everything? Would we do it? Right? Would we do it? Would we be willing to kind of let go of whatever else we were holding on to? Say, I'm going to take hold of that one thing because that one thing will change everything. If, if, if Jesus was gathering us together and saying, if you would just do one thing, then, then everything else would fall into place after that. That's the kind of moment that we're in. That's the kind of moment as Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's just been giving them a whole list of, of instructions. And he's been talking about the way it's all going to play out. And then, and then he says, but, but here's the thing. And as, as the leader, he points his finger on the, on the big question and says, let me just provide some clarity here. Here's probably where the breakdown is occurring. If you would just change one thing, it would change everything. Would you do it? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and, not, and, and do not do what I say? Right? Jesus making the question so simple. I mean, when, we, when we're confronted with a question that, that, that it's that simple, it's like, why are you just not doing what I'm asking you to do? Any of us who have ever led people would be tempted to ask the same kind of question. Like, well, look, you know what you're supposed to do, right? You've heard me tell you what you're supposed to do, and yet you just won't do it. 
Um, and Jesus is looking at his disciples as his followers, saying, look, if, if this thing is going to work, if the system is going to work the way it's intended to work, then, then this piece has to come into play that, that, that you have to begin to respond in obedience. So, so Jesus makes it so simple, but, but simple and easy aren't necessarily the same thing. Right? He's saying, you have heard me. Right? So it's not even a question of hearing. If you're, if you're hearing him ask the question, then, then it's not a question of hearing. Then it becomes a question of obedience because he's speaking, and what happens next is, is up to the people who are hearing. And so we do have an opportunity to kind of separate us from the story, ourselves from the story just a little bit, and we can look at the way the story plays out. We can look at the way it played out for other people so, so that we can begin to sort it out for ourselves, that we can actually learn from those who have gone before us. And what we see is, like so many things in our spiritual lives, there's really two responses. I mean, there's lots of versions within those responses, potentially, but, but it really breaks down to two responses. So God speaks, right? Jesus speaks, and we respond. What does that response look like? So Jesus, in verse 47, says, As for anyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, he says, I will show you what they are like. Right? This, is, this is Jesus making the discipleship process incredibly simple. He says, look, it's, it's, it's that you hear and that you obey. Right? This very, very simple picture of what discipleship can look like. We, we tend to make these things so complicated. Say, well, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to do what, what, what I need to do to, to grow in my faith. And I want to like, get deeper. I want to I learn things. I want to be more aligned with what God is trying to accomplish in my life and through my life. And, and we make it so complicated. And Jesus says, look, it's, it's like this. Right? It's, it's, it's hearing my voice and then responding by putting it into practice, right? Not just simply hearing, not just gaining knowledge and, and accumulating all the kinds of things that, that help us feel like we've got our, our kind of our heads on straight. He says, and then we've got to do something with it. What we do with what we have learned, what we do with what we've heard matters. The discipleship process in its most simple form, hear and obey, right? If, if we get nothing else, right? If we get nothing else out of this to, to understand that that's what this is supposed to look like. And then Jesus says, and, and if, I, if I need to make it even more clear, let me paint a picture of what that actually looks like. Let me paint this clear picture of, of the way it looks when, the, when this plays out. He says, they're like a man who's building a house, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. Right? It's, it's like someone who, who, before they began to build the structure, got the foundation right. They, they, they did the hard work of, of digging down deep and then, and then laying the foundation in the proper kind of way. And he says this, and, and when, the, when a flood came and the, storm, the, the torrent struck that house, but it, but it couldn't shake it because it was well built. Right? Because it was well built. I think one of the things that, that maybe we get wrong in our spiritual lives sometimes is that we make it a story of endurance, that we make the, our spiritual journey an, an exercise of just simply holding on forever, right, With, without any sort of hope or without any sort of, like, maybe necessarily any kind of progress or picture of where we're supposed to be heading or where we're trying to head. To, to make the story, this is not a story, but of, of what Jesus is saying is that it's not that the house endured. That's not the point of the story. The the point of the story is the obedience, the foundation of, of what that house was actually built on, right? That, that it's, it's about that process of, of hearing and obeying, which is, which is what the foundation is actually made of. It's not simply saying, look, I built a house that was so strong. I, I chose the right materials, and I made it look so good, and I, and I did all these kinds of things that, 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 that made this thing, and as I look at it, as, as well-built, and then it simply endured through hard things story of obedience, right? It's a story of, of a response to God as he speaks in our lives. He says, but the one, right, here's the other response, response number two, but the one who hears my words and, and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. 
Right? So this is really what we're talking about, that, that it's, it's one of two responses. You're either going to respond in a, in a way that's obedient or you're going to respond in some other way, and that might look like all sorts of things, but, but when you don't put it into practice, right? when you don't take what, what Jesus is saying, when you look at, the, at what Jesus has just been teaching them when he's talking and then he continues to speak in their lives, that he, look, he looks and he says, but if you don't do this, Right? If you don't get this, this first piece right, then it's like you're building a house, and it doesn't matter what you build beyond that because it's built on the ground without a foundation. And what happens to a house without a foundation is as the moment that the, 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 that the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. So we look at this story, and Jesus is saying, if I, you know, I'm just trying to make it clear. I'm just trying to make it clear what's at stake. I want to make it clear what, what it looks like when we get it right. I want to make it clear what it looks like when we get it wrong because we can look at these stories and and we can imagine in our lives, and maybe we've lived some of these moments where it's like, wow, I went through a season that, that I didn't realize I was even capable of making it through, but, but that foundation, right, that, that, that even when the torrent was striking, even when the floods were rising, that, that somehow that, that I came through it in a way that, that I was even like closer to God on the other side of it than, than where I started. Or we've gone through seasons where it's like, wow, that, that exposed my lack of foundation, right? That exposed the, the, the weak parts of my, of my building plan. And it really comes down to a simple question, really. It's, it's, it's a question of what kind of work do we want to do, right? Do we want to do the, the, the foundation building, that hard work on the front end, that, that hard work where it's, where it's us kind of submitting to the process that, that God has laid out for us, to do that work, to, to get over ourselves and our preferences and our comfort and, and all those kinds of things and, and do the work of obedience at the beginning, right? To, to begin to build that muscle where, where God says, would you, would you do this? as he speaks and says, so this is that next step, and this is what it looks like to be obedient in this, that, that we do that kind of work, the foundation-building work. Or, or do we want to do the kind of work that comes with cleaning up the rubble after the floods come, right? After everything has come and the, and the lack of foundation has been exposed, that, that there's going to be work either way, right? It's, it's, it's a matter of are we going to do the work on the front end to get it right, or are we going to do the work of cleaning up the rubble when, it, when it's become clear that we didn't have the foundation that we thought we had? So Jesus making it clear for us, saying this is what it's like. I mean, it, it comes down to this simple process of, of hearing and then responding in, in faith to, to what you have heard. And so there's two responses to, to, the, to the words that, that Jesus has, has spoken to them, that he would continue to speak to them as he, as he continues to speak to us through his word and, and through our connection with him. But there's really two responses. One is, is here, and then we have a, a blank on the screen. It's like, whatever version of that look, what that looks like for us, right? Is it, is it that we ignore what those parts of, the, of, the, of Jesus speaking that, that, that require us to let go of our comfort zone, that, that require us to, to get over our preferences, that, that we just respond in some way that's, that's ignoring or, or we delay the, delay the response to what we've heard? Do we make excuses? Do we come up with all sorts of reasons why? Well, couldn't have been, that couldn't have been God speaking. That must have been something I ate or just like it's my own thought or, you know, like all those kinds of things because we're, we are so good at tricking ourselves, aren't we? And so the question is, what does that look like? Is this responding? Like what is that, the, what's our default? Whatever we call it, right? Whatever it is that we fill in that blank that it's like the here and, right? Whatever that is that's not obedience is disobedience. Right? Whatever it is that, that we fill in, whatever it is that, that's our default response to, to God speaking, that, to, to God nudging us, to God moving us forward or inviting us to take the next step, whatever else that, that we would fill in that, that's not obey is disobedience. 
right? Because here's the thing, the, the man in the story that, actually both men in the story that, that built houses did the hard work, right? They, they did the work of, of building the house. It doesn't say anything in the story that, that one house was inferior in terms of, of what was above the, 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 the ground level, right? The, it doesn't say that there were inferior materials. It doesn't say that one house looked better than another house, right? It doesn't say that, that there was any kind of like quality difference between the houses, that the work had been done. In both cases, the work of building the house had been done. So it wasn't that you have one, one guy who, who did the work and, and then one guy who was lazy. It's not, that's not what the story is. It's a question of, does, is there anything that lasts? Right? When, when the storms come, is there anything that lasts? So one man did all of the work just like the other guy did, but it has nothing that, that, that's left at the end of it to show for the work that he did. Right? That's what here and whatever else that we fill in that's, that's not obeyed, that's what that looks like for us. And then we have hear and obey, right? Response number two, the second option, by the way, which is the right response. If we just kind of like make that clear that um, this is the right one. It's, this is the one that you don't, you don't get to like choose. Well, I think I like the fill in the blank one. That feels a little more consistent with the way I'd rather operate. Um, this is the right response. Because listen to what Jesus says about what will happen when we get this right. We talk about the one thing that changes everything. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 48. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came and the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. Right? It doesn't promise that hard times aren't going to come. It doesn't promise that, that the situation is going to be easy necessarily. But but he does say that, that it's, going to, it's going to last, right? It's all the good things. It's all the good outcomes that, that could come from this type of scenario. But Jesus hasn't, remember, made a, mis- a distinction between the houses. He hasn't made a distinction between the materials or, or how they look or what kind of work or the amount of work that went into building them. He points his finger to what the difference actually is, and he points his finger to the foundation and says, this is where it began to, to, dif- to, to be different. Right? Is the foundation there or not? Obedience. Obedience is the foundation. Right? Obedience is the foundation. Obedience is the, the foundation in the story. Obedience is the foundation of a life well built, right? The, of a life well lived, of, of this discipleship journey that we're being invited on. That, that to, to get that right, that, that we have this foundation that, that, that kind of like creates a platform for everything else that comes from it. That there's this process, when we talk about the, the process of building our lives, the, the process of making those kinds of decisions, it, it starts, it's, is there a foundation, yes or no, right? And then, is there work being put into building a life, yes, and what, whatever else has happened, yes. And then, what's, what does the outcome look like? Is it a good outcome, or is it a bad outcome? And the foundation is what makes the difference between the, between the outcomes, right? It's not the amount of work. It's not the, the labor that went into to doing the work, right? There's work either way. Just the question is, do we want it to last? Do we want it to be well-built? Do we want it to be able to stand the test when, when the difficult times come? The foundation, obedience being the foundation, means that, that it's not optional, right? That's what Jesus is, is getting at with this story. He says, look, it's not like next level or, or some sort of like optional addition to, to, the, to our spiritual lives. To, like, we, we've heard and we've learned and we're growing in our knowledge and we're, we're hearing Jesus speak and we're, we're learning all these things about him. But Jesus says the, the foundation isn't just that you know. The foundation is that you put it into practice, right? That you respond in obedience. The foundation is not optional. Right? It's, not, it's not this, this like next level kind of experience for people who are more spiritual than maybe what we think we are. 
Obedience is the normal thing. Obedience is the foundation. Obedience is not next level. It's not optional. It's the foundation. And Jesus says, without the foundation, it doesn't matter what you're building, right? It doesn't matter how well you, you think you've built. It doesn't matter that, that you can look and you can say, this, this house looks great. Jesus is going to walk up and he points his finger on the problem and says, look, when the floods come, right? When the difficult things come, when, when you've only built around your preferences, when you've only built in a way that, that requires nothing of you, of, of surrendering your own plans, of surrendering your own sense of, of personal security and all those kinds of things, if, if you've never surrendered those things, if you've made it just about what you want to see happen, when the, when the storms come, right? When, when it gets to, to be more difficult than what you expect it to get, it's going to expose the reality that the foundation is lacking. And so the question is, are we willing to do the hard work at the beginning or do we want to do the, the rubble-building kind of work, rubble-clearing kind of work at the end? Obedience is the foundation. And so there's questions, right, that, that we have because Jesus asks a question that, that leads to more questions. And the question that he asks is, is quite simple. He says, so why don't you obey? Right? Let's just get it out in the open. This is Jesus as he's, as he's having this conversation with people and he's, he's saying, look, let's just, let's just deal with this big thing, right? Because it matters. Because if you don't get this question right, if, if, you, if, you, if you're kind of like still struggling with this, it, the, the storm is coming. Right? He's looking at people that he knows are going to experience persecution. He knows are going to experience difficult things. And he says, look, we've got to deal with this. Right? We've got to deal with, with, with this big question. So he asks them the question, why? Why don't you obey? It's a simple question that, that deserves an honest answer. It deserves an honest, honest answer for them 2,000 years ago. It deserves an honest answer from us now, right? What is our default response, right? When, when we are asked to obey, right? When, when we're invited to take some sort of next step and we're spending time reading scripture, or we're, we're listening to a sermon and, and, God, and God begins to speak and begins to, to make it clear that there's something that he wants to do in us or maybe he's something he wants to do through us, what is our default response, how do we respond? And then we have to ask the question, if it's not obey, then, then why? Right? What is it that I'm still holding on to? What is it that, that I have placed as, as something that's more important than, than what it is that God's wanting to do? We have to ask ourselves the, the follow-up question to this, then is, is it, a, is it a hearing issue or a, an obedience issue? Right? Is it that we can't hear? Or is it that, that we, we've somehow convinced ourselves that, that God speaks to other people, but he doesn't speak to us, that, that we're not sure that, that he even cares about, about what our lives look like? Somehow we've bought into that lie that, that there's some other people that God speaks to, but it's not us. Because God speaks. Right? We, we have his word preserved for us across generations that, that we, we can sit and say, that, well, I think God is just being silent. And when God's like, it's right here. It's my word. I have, I have spoken. Spend time listening to what I have to say and, and allowing God to, to speak through his word. Is it a hearing issue? Right? Is it, is it an issue where maybe we haven't spent enough time in, in, in prayer listening and where maybe all of our prayers are us speaking and making requests of God and, and not allowing him to, to speak to us in that process as well? Right? To say, God, I, I want to hear what you have to say. What is it you're trying to accomplish? What is it that you want to do today and, and how do I get in on that? God, is there a conversation? Is there something that, that you want to do in my life or through my life that, that you're just calling me to, to, to be obedient to? It begins to shape the foundation, right? That's the, the digging down, the getting over ourselves, the, the process of, of beginning to build well. What's our default response? Is it, is it a hearing issue or is it an obedience issue? Is it that we've heard, right? When we, we get real honest with ourselves in this moment to say, well, I've, 
it's not that I don't hear, right? There's, there are these, these nudges that come along, or there's these moments when I'll hear something, or God begins to speak, or in the quiet when I'm not listening to the radio when I'm driving, and, and God begins to, to speak and begins to help sort through the, the kind of the mess of my life. And he's, he's providing an opportunity for a next step. He's providing an opportunity to respond in obedience, but I just haven't taken him up on it. Jesus is saying, look, that's like building a life, like trying to build your life without a foundation. Why don't you obey? And then the other big follow-up question to, to this is, is, are you a settler or a builder? Are you a settler or a builder? Let me just define what, what I mean by that. The, to settle means to, to build something that, that doesn't require much of us. Right? We're settling for whatever it is that we can imagine. We're settling for whatever it is that, that doesn't require any level of discomfort from us. To settle means building whatever doesn't require us to give up anything, right? Control or, or imagination or, or our sense of purpose or a sense of what we want to see happen. And we're settling for something that, that, that's, that's only something that is completely capable of, of being completed by us. And it's, it's less, right? It's less than. It may look good from the outside. It may look good above the surface. But when God pokes his finger at it, he says, look, the foundation foundation is wrong. This is built on something that, that, that isn't actually going to stand the test of time. Are we settling for something less than, than what we could be? Or are we a builder, right? Building something that lasts, something that, that's built on a foundation because foundations have a way of, of shaping the building that's built on them, don't they? Right? That, that a foundation actually provides the, 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 the shape, the footprint of, of what's to be built on top of it. A foundation well built maximizes the potential of, of whatever it is that's, that's built on it. A foundation is what, what sustains it through the tough times. And this question, are you a settler or a builder, is what begins to expose the, 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 the difference between the two ways of building a life, right? Our way, whatever it is that, that is completely within our control and completely within our power, will not stand the test of time. And so we're settling for something less than, than what we could. Our way simply won't do that. We're settling for something less. That's what I mean when I say, are we a builder or a settler, or a builder. And then the follow-up question to that is, what do you want to build, right? If we can establish that we're more interested in building, then, then what is it we want to build? We're, we're working to build a life. That's the thing that, that is consistent for all of us, that, that we're working to build something, right? We're working to build a life. What kind of life do we want to build? What is it that, that when we look and we say, this is what I want my life to look like, this is, this is what I want my life to, to even be remembered by, what is it that we're building? to start with an honest assessment maybe of, of what we have been building. Right? What is it that, that we have been working on? To, what is it that, we've building, that we're building? Is it working? Right? Looking around and saying, is, is this what I really, this is really what I'm investing myself in? The, this life that I've built so far, the life that this is, this is what it is, is it working? Right? Yes or no? Honest kind of assessment. The, the good news Actually, there's all sorts of good news wrapped up in this story. The good news in, in this particular question is that if it's not working, if it's not working, what Jesus is offering is a fresh start, right? Jesus is saying, look, it's, it's possible to get it right. It's possible to go back to the beginning of the process and say, let's get the foundation right. Let's, let's do the work to, to, to get it right, even if it means we have to knock some things down, even if it means that there's going to be some torrents that come our way because you're not willing to do that kind of destruction, destructive work that, or deconstructive work, but we're going to get it right. 
right? The next step and the next step and the next step that, that Jesus is offering for those of us who are, who are in our honest reflection or honest with ourselves moments are willing to say, look, it's not working. Or at least there's parts of it that aren't working. There's, there's parts of it that, 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 that are, that are like, like a building without a foundation. If it's not working, Jesus is offering a fresh start. We have to ask the question, what's worse, right? What's worse starting over Right, starting over or continuing to try and make the pieces fit when they're not going to fit, to continue to do the work to build, to, to continue to try and shore up the, the walls, knowing full well that when the, when the storm comes, when the floods come, that, that it's, going to, it's not going to stand. What's worse? Right? What's worse just saying, God, look, I've, I've tried and I've messed up and I've, and I've held on and I've been stubborn and I've been disobedient and I've, I've been trying to make it my own way and I'm, I'm willing to let you do the work. I'm willing to let you do the deconstruction work so you can build something that, that's, that's worth building or help me build something that's worth li- building. What's worse, starting over or, or continuing to make the pieces fit when we know they won't? The story is good news, right? This is good news. It's it's a simple change, right? What's that one thing? If we changed one thing, it would change everything. What if, what if we could make one change and it changed everything that, that came after it? That simple change, that change that we can start today, right? That, that we can begin this moment right now to say, say, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want to do in me? And, and, and God has this way of, of speaking that next step in a way that, that maybe feels like daunting, but it's, but it's not impossible. What's that that next step? What is it that, that's that one area that, that you and God can work on together? That it's a simple change that we can start today, that, that we can begin to build the foundation. We can begin to, to dig down deep and, and find something that's worth building on. And Jesus is offering it to all of us, right? Jesus does not actually make any kind of quality difference between the two builders in this story. He doesn't make anything that, that says, well, one builder was just like never going to get it right. And one builder was says, look, either, but both of them could have built something that lasts. Both of them could have built a well-built house had they got the foundation right, had they gotten it right. But the distinction isn't between the builders, it's between the response to the builders to, to what has been said to them. And there's these two difficult moments in this decision, the, the what do you want to build moment. Right? There's, there's these two layers to it, the, 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 the two moments, these, these two moments that are most difficult. I think one of those is when we've been investing our time in building something. Right, we've been doing the work. We've maybe even have a design of something that we think is, is at least adequate. Or maybe we've put a lot of time in and we've done a great job making sure that veneer looks right. And we can stand back and we say, that looks like a well-built home. And then we get into a moment like this where we start to hear God speak, where we start to have it laid out for us in this the big question kind of way and all of a sudden we realize that it, it looks okay, but it lacks the foundation, right? It's just, it's just us doing what we want to do. And the question is, are we willing to, to give it another try, right? Are we willing to do the work to get it right? Are we willing to allow God to, to do that work? Because the, the, the challenge of, of saying, look, I've, I've built something, but I've built it on a foundation that's something different, or the, the, something different than obedience to God. Are we willing to, to go back to the beginning, to, to try it another way? The, the second most difficult moment, or the other moment that's, that's difficult, I'm not putting them one or the other, they're both very, very difficult, is when we're looking around after the storm has come, after what we have built has been reduced to rubble, when we, when we realize that we're in that aftermath kind of moment where it's just all falling apart. The question is, are we willing to try another way? 
because we have these established patterns, these things that we go back to when we're not sure what to do next, that we look and we say, there, there's these consistent patterns, even though we know they've gotten us exactly where we were before the storm hit or maybe even part of how the storm began to hit us, that we've established our approach to building. The question is, are we willing to give it another try? Are we willing to try another way? Right, these are these difficult moments. These are those moments that are the lean in, lean out kinds of moments. But remember, in this story, right, there's two stories, and they're identical with one exception. It's the foundation. Right? It's the foundation. What we build on matters. It's the one thing. It's the one thing that changes everything. Let's choose wisely. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you're in the foundation building business. God, that you are interested in, in helping us build well-built lives. I thank you that you operate in, in terms of next steps, that you operate in terms of, of simple acts of obedience, inviting us to take the next step and the next step and the next step. God, that you didn't just give us a blueprint and tell us to figure out how to build it. But God, you're inviting us to something better. So God, I pray that we would hear you. God, I pray that we would spend our time focusing on, on what you have for us and then, and then finding ways to respond in obedience. May we have the courage to get over ourselves. Try building another and so, God, thank you. God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for the chance we have to, to gather. God, for us to grow together. God, for us to move forward together. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, the one who goes before us, who calls us forward. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.